0: Yeah, there is some definite benefits just as humans to be connected to the soil in some way like i find that when i get really stressed like last month our, one of our businesses had some issues and i was totally stressed out like maxed and i had this weird craving uh just to go out and be next to soil and i don't know how to describe it i don't know i think it's just a product of the years of knowing that makes me feel better but like just being in nature was kind of the only thing that would help me feel less anxious
1: Hey there! I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people pleasing, saying yes to everyone and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast, not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all from donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course. I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Today I had a really awesome guest who I needed at this exact moment in my life. And I kind of feel like that's been happening more and more. But I giggled as we got on this call because I was multitasking like crazy. And I knew that my today's guest, Jill, was going to be someone to help me slow down. And this conversation was just so amazing, so enriching. If you have ever considered homesteading or homeschooling, or you just kind of feel burnt out trying to do it all, today's message is absolutely perfect for you. Jill and I got to cover topics from how she started her homestead kind of on accident, how she created a functional place of creativity in her home, and how she's helping her kids show up authentically as who they are in today's modern world while running an online business. um, She's kind of this one woman do-it-all And I am 100% here for it. And I know you guys will be too. So kick back, get cozy. This is going to be an amazing episode where we kind of bring that slow lived feel to today's modern day world. Hi, Jill. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm really glad that you're here. So for anyone who hasn't heard of you yet, do you want to give us a quick intro on who you are, what you do?
0: Definitely. So yeah, my name is Jill Winger, and I am the creator of The Prairie Homestead, which is one of the kind of original homesteading blogs on the web. Um, And since kind of dipping my toe into the water in the world of online creation with that blog, you know, I've become an entrepreneur. Um, We own a couple businesses. We have a really full life with three kids. We homeschool. We raise a lot of our own food, have a lot of things going. And so um, the homestead's always been kind of the core of what we do, and it's taught me a lot. So that's kind of what I'm best known for.
1: That's awesome. So do you still
0: do the blog on top of all of it? I do. I have more help now than I used to. And, you know, blogging has changed a lot over the years. It's not, you know, people now a blog is also, oh, you need Instagram and a podcast and YouTube and like you need sponsors. So there's like a whole world that goes with blogging. I kind of miss the days back when it was just like, you could write a little blog post with kind of some cruddy pictures and (laughs) everyone loved it you know that's so it's I have help now but yeah we're it's still going we're still publishing over there so it's been a wild ride
1: yeah that's awesome I relate in the sense I started my minimalist blog uh back in 2017 uh and you said you homeschooled so I homeschooled my kids from kindergarten till fourth and sixth grade
0: that's amazing yeah Yeah.
1: what does it look like for you guys
0: yeah so it really depends. Like, people ask that question a lot. And I'm always like, well, it depends on like what time of year and what projects we have going. You know, During the school year, we usually do school from around 8 to 11 in the morning. Prior to that, my kids are old enough now that, that they do most of our homestead chores. So they go out to the barn. When they get up, I stand and do breakfast to kind of get ready for the day. We'll do school together. The um, thing I like about homeschooling is it doesn't have to be an all-day thing. It can be you know, book work in the morning, and then we do more hands-on stuff in the afternoons. And so... Um, We'll eat lunch together and then afternoons are kind of our project time, whether that's me coming into the office to record podcasts or to work on content, you know, they'll be outside playing or creating with Legos or one of their mini craft projects they work on. Um, In the summer, it's a little more free for all, you know, we we get up and we hit the projects hard first thing in the morning, we're doing activities, we're working with animals, we're riding the horses, we're working in the garden and I'll sneak into the office intermittently to work on content. It's kind of a weird, it's a weird life we have, you know, we're, we're known for being old fashioned, but I'm also like here in this fancy podcast studio and like creating things for the internet and trying to figure out how the algorithms work. And so it's this kind of, I mean, some people would say, oh, that's hypocritical, but I'm like, no, it's, I like living in both worlds. I like having that juxtaposition. It kind of keeps me fresh and, uh, so yeah, our life is definitely unorthodox, but it works for us at least.
1: Yeah, no, I love that because when we were homeschooling, so many people think it has to be a lot more complicated than it has to. Yes. Um, so I, when you said the homesteading, I was like, oh, your homeschool must be amazing that you have that to offer yeah. you. And honestly, when you talk, it's funny that you say that first of all, because I've always said, and people, if they don't get it, they don't get it. But if they do, they do. I've said like, I either, or I want to, create a complete like income online so that I can have the freedom of yes. to do whatever I want. Or I want to just live off grid and disappear forever. Like I either want to be oh, man. super present yes. or
0: disappear. <laughs> yes. I have totally, like I have that conversation with myself so much because like, you know, I'm, we're doing things and I'm launching products and we have books and I'm getting, you know, press and it's great. But then there's some days where I'm like, I'd like to burn my phone and get rid of all my social media and just like, disappear. Like I told, it's like, I, I, I think about both all the time. It's such a weird place to be.
1: It is because it's such a blessing, but at the same time. So I love hearing you say that also because you just explained a day where you are running this this amazing business. That's doing so well, spending that quality time with your kids and kind of, I mean, in my head, of course have probably glamorized your life way more, but kind of being able to hang out outside and spend time with the animals and gardening and doing all of that stuff. I think so often we think it has to be one or the other. Yes. Um, So I love what process did you have to go to?
0: Do you feel like there was a process to kind of create the balance of both worlds? That's a good question. I don't know if there's been like a cognizant process, more of just like accidentally we've been, we've been homesteading since, 2008. I've been blogging since 2010 and our kids came in 2000 or our first child came in 2010. So it all kind of like the genesis all sort of happened at once and I had to figure out how to balance. And I think the happy medium that I've settled into now is just, um, it was very much by accident, but it's been a a result of several mindset shifts. And I think one of the biggest is I see recreation and leisure maybe differently than the average American. And so I also understand the importance of you know, thanks to my profession and what the books I've read and the research I've done, the importance of being outside, being connected to soil, what growing our own food does for us, not just on a nutritional aspect, but like physical health, mental health. And so that has given me, I think a lot of inspiration to kind of build my life the way I have, where, you know, I still love the challenge of figuring out how to make a Instagram reel do well, or have a podcast episode that everyone loves, but I balance that heavy mental work with... You know, I know I need to get outside and be physical. I understand the health aspects of just having my hands in dirt and like what that does. And so where most people would say, oh my gosh, I need to go like chill, veg out, watch Netflix after I've had a busy day in the office. That's not always bad, but I'm like, you know what? Instead, I'm going to go spend time in the garden and refresh and recharge that way which some people look at me and go, oh my gosh, you're annoyingly productive. And I'm like, I'm not doing it just because I refuse to sit down, but I'm doing it because I feel more recharged after the garden than I do Netflix. And I've just learned that over the years. And so for me, having that you know, office two hours, garden hour, kitchen hour, and then like maybe back in the office and just being able to switch back and forth, I think it keeps me the freshest and the sharpest. And I've just kind of come to embrace that idea that my recreation and my leisure look a little different um, and it just, it works, so-
1: yeah. No, it's, I feel that so much. Um, I've always been an avid like gym goer mm-hmm. over the last month or so. Um, I heard about the hawker girl walk trend, which I was just a way to get women outside walking, but it's specifically a four mile walk. Yeah, And I thought, well, I'll challenge that. I was walking every day with my dog, like a basic little, I would say maybe a little over a half mile walk was our daily walk. And I loved it, but I was like, oh, I'll challenge myself. I like the idea of having that 4 miles. So I did the 4 miles and just this morning I did my walk and I'm like the last month of my life has completely changed like my mindset, my mental health, everything is just so much better. I have more clarity, I can get more done yes. and I can do it with less because I am just spending that time moving my body and being outside.
0: Yes, amen. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I and I'm jealous that you know how to manipulate the dirt because I've tried so hard to start a garden and it just doesn't happen for
0: me. Oh man, if you could see the failures. I mean, it's been a process. I've killed so many things. I have I have poisoned my soil accidentally. I have destroyed gardens on accident. So it's been, it's been a process. And I, I don't think that necessarily you don't have to become like the world, a world-class gardener. That's not for everyone. Um, but yeah, there is some definite benefits just as humans to be connected to the soil in some way. Like I find that when I get really stressed, like last month, one of our businesses had some issues and I was totally stressed out, like maxed. And I had this weird craving uh, just to go out and be next to soil. And I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. I think it's just a product of the years of knowing that makes me feel better. But like just being in nature was kind of the only thing that would help me feel less anxious. And so it's funny when we kind of start to tap into that, even if we're killing the vegetables or killing the flowers, because we've all done it. Um, there's some, yeah, it, it kind of is a little bit of magic for our for our uh, cells and our bodies, I think.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's what I 100%, I think our bodies know the better we get at listening to them, what we need.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: yeah, the whole, like, so... Did you always have kind of like a green thumb or were you what kickstarted started you deciding like we want to have a homestead and that's
0: how we want to live yeah no I actually didn't um <laughs> I was raised very conventionally like little house kind of in a suburban neighborhood didn't grow up on a farm or ranch I always had a desire for animals like I wanted horses really badly as a, a kid and I wanted to have a farm but the, the plant part was like meh not interested um and it wasn't until we bought our property, we bought it back in 2010, and it was completely run down. It was a disaster. Um, it was not a charming little cute farmhouse that everybody, you know, talks about on Instagram these days. It was ugly, it's, and just 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 horrendous. Um, but we bought that, and I, you know, we, we had our mortgage for the first time. We were newlyweds. I'm trying to figure out how to justify this kind of irrational purchase, and that's when I was just hit with this idea: like, what if we could make this place not just our home? but also be a place of production, not just consumption. You know, what if it could be something that um, we bring life back to the place or we we create from here uh, and bring forth abundance, not just a place to live. And so I hadn't thought of those ideas before. It was new and it was kind of a weird thought, but I started to, to push into them and I felt so much excitement when I did. And so that's kind of what kickstarted this idea of homesteading. I didn't know that's what it was called. it wasn't trendy yet. um I hadn't seen anyone else do it, but I just kept following these little intuitive nudges and as I kind of started to ask myself, like well, what does production look like? What does it look like to make this land useful? uh Gardens and food kind of was the first thing, and so that brought me into the world of gardening. um man, I did so many things wrong <laughs> at the beginning, like I definitely did not have a green thumb to start, and honestly, to this day, like I still it's easier for me to raise animals, like for a milk cow or, or chickens for eggs. Like that sort of food production is so much easier for me than the vegetables. But I've just, I think I've continued to chase that just because I like how it makes me feel in the process.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that you said that because uh, part of the story that I share is that we went through a downsizing process when, um, and I know you talk a lot about you know consu- over over consumption and yes. these- I always had this idea that the big beautiful house would be like my happy ending. That would be it, everything I ever needed. And it really quickly felt so wrong and just draining. And I've had someone ask me once, you know, do you think if you switched your mindset around it, you could have maintained it and stay there? And yes. Um, But I still think it was wrong for us, but I love how you bought this big purchase. You've got the mortgage and you kind of went into it with this abundant mentality uh, to create from it. That's so cool. And you guys have created so much, so much more than what the land is capable of creating.
0: Yeah. It's really become, you know, I just see our house now as just this hub of uh, of creativity, which is, is so fun, especially as our kids get older and they start to lean into that creativity. And I think any home could be that. I don't think it has to be a homestead. I don't think you have to have land or animals. I, and I think that is really more um, mimicking perhaps the households of yesteryear, where you know we didn't have this overconsumptive culture, and so a home was a place of industry that you know people were cooking and growing and creating and crafting. Maybe not because it was cool, but because it was out of necessity. But regardless, they were getting those benefits of working with their hands and not just being a strict consumer. And so I think one of the most old-fashioned things we can do, if if someone's interested in old-fashioned vintage pursuits, homesteading or not is like, how can your house become a place of, of creative uh, fire and, and production instead of just a place where you sleep and you microwave your meals and you watch Netflix? Not that that's, there's there's a balance for that too. But like, I think any house, an apartment, a house in the suburbs, a, a townhome in the city can have a piece of that. And it's really powerful.
1: Oh, that's so, that's so true. Do you think, what do you think it takes to like make a house? Cause I, I think like, I know clearing out clutter in my house helps yes. me feel more focused, more, more relaxed, more productive in my house. Is there anything you guys did inside the walls to kind of create the environment that you want?
0: Yeah. Clutter's huge. Like, man, it just, it's such a drain. Um, you know, and as a homesteader, it's hard to be, uh, a strict minimalist just because we need the different tools. Like I need, I need a certain number of kitchen tools and I need a certain number of like canning paraphernalia and fermenting crocks and just stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think clutter's big. I think as we've done little projects in our, ha- in our home, whether it's a big remodel or just like putting up different shelves or redoing a room, I'm always thinking about how can I add in things that make production easier. So more shelves for canning, jars. I like to um, decorate with my tools instead of just decor. And so a lot of my decor is functional, especially in the kitchen. It's beautiful. It's practical. Um, and it also just makes my creative pursuits a little easier and i think the other big piece aesthetics do play a role in inspiring us and it doesn't mean you have to have the pinterest perfect home by any means mine is definitely not but for me to create a place where i feel more inspired more inclined to pick up a pin or a paintbrush or even a mixing bowl and create something new um I've had to make it my own. And so that's been me kind of pushing back against, well, here's what Pinterest says a farmhouse looks like, or here's what the influencer on Instagram says, and just collecting what feels right for my vibe. And that's happened over time. That really, my rooms don't come together instantly because they have to happen in layers. And it's little pieces and little quirky things here and there that we just add in that just make it feel like us. And it makes it unique. But um, yeah, there's something about your space once you kind of cultivate that sense of you in it, it really helps bring out those creative juices.
1: I love that so much. And that's so true. I love that you said functional decor, like stuff that works for your life. Uh, Um, and that's something I've had to work at too. I think so many women probably have to, because yeah, the Pinterest aesthetic, which is wonderful to see. And it's so calming. Oh, It is. (laughs) Yes. But I'm like, I'm not in a bunch of home goods decor. Like there's no me, your personality. Yes. Um, so f- for me creating like a minimalist space while still allowing my personality to come through was kind of a challenge, but really fun to like it was yeah. like you give yourself permission to like put yourself you get to
0: put yourself in your space. This doesn't have to look a certain way. Yes. And I, I think that's that's the piece that maybe people are missing. Like you can go to home goods. I mean, I used to frequent TJ Maxx, that was like my place. Uh and I, you know, you could get, cause the stuff looks good on the shelf, right? It, it's really hard to resist. And it's kind of that, um, it's trendy, it's cute. It looks attractive. And I would bring it home and then I'd put it up and I'm like, it just doesn't feel right. Or I would try, there was a time after we did a, a remodel, I wanted all the rooms to be done immediately. And so I kind of rushed to decorate and I brought in a lot of stuff. And then I was like, it feels just generic. And so I started to kind of pull that stuff back out and leave walls blank or leave spaces empty until i found like the thing but even though it's that delayed gratification i think that makes it more enjoyable like you said it's more fun it feels like you and it's like that thrill of the hunt most of my decor doesn't even come from a store anymore it's like i'll find it in a junk pile or i'll make it or i'll you know someone will give me this weird thing and it becomes something i hang on the wall but that's just like way more gratifying than just buying a pre-made room from you know bed bath and beyond or whatever
1: it really is. I love that you say that because I think so often. And when you were saying, like, the whole house, everything had to be done right away. Yeah, in there, done that. And when we downsized, when we moved, it was this. I intentionally was like, this place is going to be a home. We're not going to instantly like. Gotta. I, we always were like, gotta have new couch. Gotta have new this. Gotta upgrade. Yes. Gotta you know. um, And. We think like that's the joy. We think that's happy. The, the newness, everything new, everything yes. new. But there's so much joy in the slowdown, in the delayed gratification. Um, and that's not something you hear people say often. So I love that you shared that because I want people to
0: hear it. I want people to know that it's enjoyable. Yeah. I think that's that pushback against that consumer um, identity, right? Because the consumer identity, the marketing, the corporations, they're really good at what they do. And it's they're the ones who really sold us that idea that. You'll be happy with the Just Add Water ideas. You'll you'll be happy having it all at once, happy with it being brand new. And when we kind of go, wait, is that true? Are they just trying to sell me something? And the answer is usually yes, they are. Then it gives us that permission to kind of do it on our own speed.
1: Yeah, Just Add Water. That's so funny. I don't know if anyone's like you've heard. I'm sure you have. But just add water was like a nice way to like make, make people feel like they were making something in the kitchen, yes, but they're not. But know? they're
0: not. Yeah. Marketing <laughs> not is really powerful. Marketing is powerful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so funny. So when we first moved into our house, I actually have my laptop resting on a stool here and the stools were $200, but I really loved them. I really wanted them. And I worked and saved because we were working to pay off debt at the same time. So I saved $200, which, you know, doesn't at the, before that was never something I would have taken the time to save for. But now it it was like, after a few months or however long it took to get them, there was this huge reward, this huge payoff. Every, every time I looked at them, it was like, oh, yes, I earned those. And I worked for those and I knew I wanted them and they're perfect. Um, so much goodness to it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's, I think with homesteading, I like the simplicity, and like I said, a lot of my decor, you know, doesn't come from the store. But there are some pieces that we have invested in, you know. And when, and I think that's another tenet of this old-fashioned idea or the vintage ideology that, you know, maybe we do take a little longer to buy something, but we're and it maybe it costs more. Maybe it's a two hundred dollars stool instead of a thirty dollars stool from Walmart. But we're generally that those higher price items are going to be supporting small businesses or artisans versus the cheap manufactured stuff and they last longer. And so I think that's another piece, especially when we get into this idea of, you know, we're such a throwaway culture. We put so much in the landfills. Um, one of the most old fashioned things we can do is to stop contributing to that as much as we can. So buying better, buying slow, buying higher quality. Um, I love that. And it feels like you said, it feels so good. It makes you happy every time you see it now versus, oh, I just have another stool just to fill a space.
1: Hey, right, right. You're totally right. Um, so I'm wondering because we're talking about that, and do you feel like it plays an aspect? Because sometimes I am like, there are those days that I just want pizza brought directly to my door. Yep. There are other days that I love using my hands in the kitchen. I love creating, I love making. And I feel like there's that major payoff like in the kitchen, like when you cook a meal and it, t- it turns out good, or it's a new thing. And you're like, everyone try, everyone needs to try this. We all need to taste it. This is amazing. And you want to like yeah. tell everyone on the internet, you want to take a picture of your food. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so I have to ask, cause I just, I think we all have this vision or I do at least when I hear about your lifestyle that I'm like, do you ever have food delivered? Is that ever a thing that you do?
0: Well, we physically can't have it delivered because we're so far <laughs> from town. However, there are 100% days where my husband's in town running errands and I'm like, for the love, just bring home a freaking pizza, please. <laughs> like I am not in the mood. It's been a long day. I could cook. I have stuff. I don't want to. So yeah, I think I think that's really important too because people often see the homesteaders on the internet like me. And they, they, I think there's a lot of assumptions that we're living this like super purist life. And I think there are some people who do that. I don't. And so I give myself a lot of grace. And I think that's really important because you can burn out in doing these old fashioned skills because we're not, I'm not my Ingalls. I don't just have a a home and a cabin to care for. You know, I have the home, the garden, the milk cow, plus businesses, plus I'm running kids around activities. And so- my Ingalls didn't have to do that. So we have to give ourselves some grace. We have our feet in two worlds and I'm okay with leaning on some of those things on occasion. You know, we're not eating out every night. We're not going to the drive-thru every day, but man, I have no shame in getting a pizza. If we're in town running errands, you know, um, we'll go get a burger. I'm not going to like pack home made <laughs> food and glass water jugs and hard boiled eggs. Every single time we go to town, like, come on, like I'll totally go to, to a fast food drive-thru. So I think having a little bit of both, as long as we have the awareness of what we're consuming and how we're consuming, I think mixing an 80-20 rule, whatever you want to call it, is totally fine.
1: I love that. And that's, it is, it's funny because, and I don't know why we do that. And I think it is because if someone were to, one, someone were to see your blog or see your social medias, it probably is really focused on the homesteading part. And yes. you can't forget, like, I still am a normal person. Right, life. Uh, yes, yeah, balance is good. Balance is good for all of us. I know. I know. And you're right. We are, we are able to do so much more, you know, than the angles back in the day, which is such a blessing, but then giving ourselves that grace. Yes. I know when I first, when we first downsized, I thought, um, I just wanted to be like my grandma. I remember my grandma, she didn't have a license. She didn't leave the house and she just spent time in the garden. And I was like, that's, I had this unrealistic vision that all of a sudden I was going to love just slow living days and have my garden and make my food all day and just homeschool my children. And it was very quick before I was like, oh my gosh, I need something more, like the creative aspect. Like I need to be creating and doing and showing up in a different way. Um, Yes.
0: And I think as women, it's really important that we we are able to allow ourselves to sink into that um like i'm a i'm a type a i don't know whatever whatever you want to call me enneagram 3 type a high energy but i'm just wired like that and there are i'm not the only woman like that not everyone's wired like that but i definitely am it sounds like maybe you are too and so as much as i love you know i don't mind doing dishes i love gardening i love cooking when that's all I do, cause I've tried it. I've had seasons where that was it. Like when I first, ha- when we had our first baby, I didn't have the blog yet. And so I was like, I'm a stay at home mom and I'm just going to be here with this baby. And it's going to be, a ma- it's going to be magical. And I loved it. I love being a stay at home mom. I also started to like lose my mind and the walls felt like they were closing in. Cause I just, my brain needs more stimulation. And so that's when I started the blog. Cause I'm like, I want to be home with her. I want to be a homemaker, but I also need challenge. I also need something that's mine. And I think so often, even in our modern world with so many advancements in, in women's, you know, abilities to do things and our recognition of that, there's still this expectation sometimes that if you're a stay at home mom, that's all you need to be doing. Just your identity is just driving the kids to soccer and making sure they have food and shopping for school clothes. And I'm like, no, you it's okay to have more. It's okay to want more. You can still do those things, and you really can do both if that's your goal, and that's your motivation. So, yeah, that's been a big lesson for me is being okay with that because um, when I am when I'm doing both, I'm really the happiest,
1: yeah, absolutely. That made my heart like feel like it swelled like the grand shader, so <laughs> that felt so good because. I did the same. I had that slow belief that I was just going to love that. And same thing with being a stay-at-home mom. Uh, It just felt so draining. And that's where I talk a lot of my shopping addiction. I would just go to Target just to be out. Yes. um, Yes. Because I was going crazy just being in the four walls, changing diapers, being a, you know, feeding machine, (laughs) literally. Um, And I think a lot of times it's either... Especially for women, at least in my experience, I felt that need like that I needed more than motherhood, which I think no one yeah, people feel shame saying that. Totally. Totally. And because I needed more, I went to either Target until I got to that point that I'm like I created the blog and started building something that felt
0: me. Yes. Yes. There yeah, that's it. And you know, I think because society has taken out the natural ability for us to create and produce. Not that it's not there, but it's just not normal anymore, right? We have appliances and we have microwaves and everyone tells us, oh, homework, homemaking stuff or, you know, all these different points of production or creation from yesteryear, they're unnecessary now. So we've taken all that out. And so what happens is our identity becomes consumption. And I see that so much with moms, like you were saying, like you even click on, and this is not a judgy statement. This is not, I don't don't want this to come across wrong, but you click on sometimes people's Instagram bios and their bio is just what they consume. You know, I love Target and Starbucks, not knocking Target and Starbucks. I still get go to both of those places on occasion, but that doesn't have to be your whole identity. That can just be a little piece of your preference, but there's so much more to you than shopping at Target and going to Starbucks every day. Like what, what can you produce? What were you put on this earth to create and contribute? And I think, like you said, asking those questions and saying, it's okay, I love motherhood, but I also need this outlet for me is so crucial to that.
1: That's so amazing. I'm loving every part of this conversation. Uh, that was a huge part for me when I started minimalism was I read a book that kind of said that. Like, you are not what you like. You're not Starbucks. You're not Target. You're not um, the girl who wears pink. You know, like what yeah. I built a whole identity around pink when I was in high school. Like I was the girl in pink. I wore, you yeah. know, that was who I was. And now I'm going to the Barbie movie today. <laughs> I told yeah. my wife, am like, <laughs> I only have one pink dress, so and they were like, "What?" But you're like the pink, or, you know, it just yes. I'm, I'm so thankful that I got to that point
0: to expand myself beyond. Yeah, you can still like those things, but there's more to you, right? There's there's something that you are designed to contribute, not just that you're designed to to consume from someone else's contribution. So I would love that we can have both both of those roles.
1: Yeah. Oh, me too. And so that was a huge role cause I didn't grow up thinking I was allowed to have those things. I thought, you know, like we were saying, I thought I was either, you know, a working mom or a stay at home mom, or I was like, you know, it had to be either. Yeah. or. Yes. Um, and I have loved going through this journey of experiencing myself and giving myself approval to be me. Yep. And That was a huge part of my homeschooling. So I'm wondering, do you kind of work to incorporate that individuality in your kids?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is, kind of it's it's really a challenging part of motherhood it's fun but you know it's easy i think i did it more definitely in the earlier years just to kind of put want to put our kids into a cookie cutter box of like well here's how i was here's how your dad was or here's how your older sibling was so you just like do the same thing and so as we've gotten further into the homeschool journey and i just you know kind of maybe matured as a parent a little bit still lots to learn but yeah like recognizing the kids for what who they are and what they're what how they're wired to contribute to the world and starting to see those little glimpses. It's so exciting. It's also like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with this? Like I have one who's really artsy. Um, I have one who's more engineering and I have one who I have no idea. She's just like a wild card <laughs> TBD on that, but like, yeah, making sure they have those opportunities, making sure I foster that, even though it maybe isn't my natural gifting. Like my son is taking apart engines and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea what you're doing. And he's trying to explain to me, but like still being able to tailor our education and our, our activities. So he's able to really lean into that has been, I think the, the homestead really taught me the importance of that. And so now it's a gift to be able to give that to them.
1: Yeah. That's so cool. And you're right. It's so tough. Like when they throw something at you and you're like, I don't know. I feel like I, when I, when I started being a parent, I felt like Bring me into like the dance mom world. I got that covered. Yes, and the totally. girls that I had were like, mm, we're kind of the sweats tomboy types, <laughs> but thanks, yep. you know. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. So you said you've got three little ones at home.
0: I do. I have a thirteen, a ten, and a seven-year-old.
1: Oh wow! Oh my yes. gosh!
0: So I know you said two thousand and ten. Yeah. But my brain is like, that was two years ago. What well, I still think that. When somebody's like, yeah, when somebody gives me a date, I'm like, oh, that was just like a couple years ago. Like, no, no, Jill, that wasn't. That was like way over a decade. Yeah, the 2000s no, like even though mine was everything up. Yeah, the 2000s get weird for some reason. No, you're right. Even though mine's a 2010, <laughs> some part of me was
1: like, oh, she's got little, little ones. Yeah, yeah. No, not anymore. It's gone real fast. Oh, I <laughs> know. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. So do they have, do you feel like you've got ones that are more kind of like you said, you were more animal inclined versus plant inclined. Do you feel like you can see that in your kids? Like ones who are better with the animals or more natural with them?
0: Yeah, they all have, they all have some pretty natural affinities toward them. I think just because they didn't have, I mean, just since they were little, they've been outside with animals. And so the animals are just a natural part of their life. They don't know any different. Um, but in different ways, you know, I have, a daughter who's, she's really gifted with more of the training aspects. She, she gets that more. She's starting to really understand that with the horses and the cattle. My son has this weird Dr. Do little do little thing going on where like, I don't know how it happens. All the injured wildlife just appears to him. And like, like last week he had three different injured birds. He found, he finds lizards. He finds frogs. He finds snakes. He nurtures, he nurtures them back to health. He turns them. it's weird. Like, I'm like, how does this happen? They just like find you, um, yeah. And then my, my third born, she's like the kitten, the chicks, she likes the babies. And so they all have to interact with animals in their own way. And I think it's it's just been really fun to watch that their own relationships with the other living beings kind of take on their own world. You know, I started off being the one fostering it and now they're kind of in their own little realms with that. So that's pretty cool to see.
1: That is really cool. And so as you're talking, I'm thinking, and I don't know that, that you ever have these days, but have you ever gone through a time where maybe your kids didn't get as much outdoor time? Because you're talking about how we benefit from being in the dirt. So, do yes. you notice the difference when like your kids haven't been outside as much versus yeah. like?
0: Yeah, totally. And like we have really long winters here. We're in Southeast Wyoming. So, we can get snow in September and we can get uh, as late as early as September and as late as May. So, technically, there's only about four months that we have a really promised summer weather and the rest can be really cold. And so there'll be stretches, you know, November, December, January, February, where no one's really going outside other than just for a few minutes to do chores because it's brutal and it's miserable. And when there's weeks when it's so nasty that no one can really get outside, we all feel it. Like everyone goes a little stir crazy. The kids start, that energy builds up and it gets kind of pent up. And so we've developed strategies over the years. Like sometimes I send them outside I'm like, it's cold. I don't care. Put on all your clothes and just go. Like run and scream because I'm you're driving me crazy. But yeah, there there's so much more of a, a centeredness and a groundedness when they are able to be out in the natural world. Um, it does a lot for my sanity and, and theirs as well.
1: Yeah. So that's what something I really noticed because my kids have they'll be they will be going into their third year of public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of breaks my heart. I feel like my son lost a lot of his joy for learning just since yeah. going into the public school system and has developed more like, I, I, he hasn't been diagnosed with ADHD, but like that type of symptoms, you know, yeah. those kinds of antsy jitterbugs. Yes. Um, and all I'm like, I kind of am sitting back and observing having been a parent who was, you know, and you could say, well, I had it when he was younger. That's when they're supposed to be a little bit more wild and crazy. Yes. and Playful. Um, and now he's kind of almost, and almost, um, more like even at home, just can't seem to sit still or be quiet as much. Yes. Um, so I, I just feel like that's such an important topic that needs to be realized Yes. Um, yes. by everyone that, that outdoor time that kids need that.
0: Yes. And it's, a, that's a sticky topic too, because you know, not everyone is into homeschooling, you know, actually we're, we're helping to start a charter school in our community. That's a really, it's a whole other topic, but, um, It'll start next month. And so there's been this question of, are you going to put your kids in the charter school? Cause you are like starting the school, found, helping found it. So what are you going to do? And so I've gone back and forth and agonized over it. Um, we decided our oldest, our 13 year old, she, we're going to try her in there cause she's kind of in that age where she's needing a little more activity, a little more, you know, friends, opportunities. Um, My son has asked not to go. So he's going to stay home or or, I I don't know. It's a moving target. So I feel very sympathetic to any parent who's like, do I do traditional school? Do I do homeschool? Like, what do I do? Like, I'm going to be a hybrid mom now starting in, starting in August. So I, I feel you, I feel anyone who's like, I want my kids to have more outdoor, but they're in public school for other reasons. And I, you know, so I think we just do the best we can. And I think it's definitely, um, hard on kids to sit that long. I think, you know, the public school length of time from, you know, eight to three 30 or whatever it is it varies, you know, that's in place for specific reasons and ease for parents and, you know, the work day. I think sometimes that can be tricky for kids to sit that long, especially boys. Boys aren't really wired to sit still that long. And so I think it's totally normal that they get antsy. And so I think it's just being creative with how can he, how can he move his body elsewhere or, or what can we build into the day? But I really do, I, I know everyone can't homeschool or wants to homeschool. So I think it's just one of those things as modern parents that kind of have to tailor to fit our situation.
1: Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. I just wish I'm obviously on the boat where I'm like, really wish the public school system would figure out that the eight hour school
0: day, sitting, 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 isn't working. It's not working. Yeah. Yes. Um,
1: so tell me a little bit about your charter school. Can I, can I yeah. ask?
0: Yeah, it has been, wow. It's been something. It's been one of the hardest things we've ever done. Um, We have this little town that we're near. Our homestead's about nine miles away. It's 175 people, like not thousand, just 175 people. Mm -hmm. It's had a school there for a a long time, but it's always been struggling. And so last year there was talk of it closing. There's been some stuff on the district level that was just really shady, not cool. Like, and we were watching it, even though we were homeschoolers, I'm like watching it from afar because we have friends involved and we're really involved in our community. And I'm like, this isn't right. Like, I can't. Like this is not cool, even though it's not affecting my kids. Like this is going to kill our town if they keep handling this school in this way. And so my husband and I were like, "Well, what can we do?" Once and so once they started, some other friends of ours started discussing charter school options. Uh, and I didn't know what a charter school was, honestly. But for those wondering, it's a publicly funded school, um, but it, it has more freedom than traditional public education. So you can use different curriculum, different formats, and so we saw we had this vision along with friends of ours for a project-based school. So they still get the academics, um, but it's all based on what the kids are interested in, projects as a class, project as, projects as an individual, way more hands-on, way more life skills. So just kind of a different sort of model than what we see in, in public schools. And so it has been a battle um, when you go up against... Established systems. The established systems do not like it, so we've had a lot of opposition. We've also had a lot of support. We have state officials in our in our corner. The governor is signing off on us. We have we have lots of good things happening, but it's been quite all consuming. Uh, but yeah, we're slated to open next month. We're full speed ahead, and I'm excited just to see, you know, just to try a different model. I think our our community will benefit from it. I think the whole country is just kind of interested in like, okay, not everyone can homeschool, but what are our other options? Like, how can we bring more hybrid models? How can we get kids more moving? Like you said, how can we not sit all day? How can we mix it up? How can we rethink this? Because, you know, the public education model is, um, I think it needs a little bit of an update, a, a little bit of a rethinking. So we'll see. It's, it's been a wild ride, but I'm really excited about it.
1: Oh man, I'm excited for you because that's absolutely something that's very close to my heart. So
0: yes. Yes. I'm
1: glad. Oh great. And as if we start winding down here, because I don't want to keep you forever, um, even though I feel like I easily could just pick your brain for another hour. Um, is there anything because I know we can't all take advantage of the charter school, which makes me sad. I was like, Yeah, to move to Wyoming, maybe <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, come
0: on out. That's we'll great. find your house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, what are the other resources and things? Cause you've done so much, um, to help share besides the blog. And you said you've got um, a book or a book that you've done or a couple of books. Um, do you
0: want to share a little bit about all the other ventures that you've got? Yeah. So um, I think the biggest project on my docket right now is is the new book coming out. It's called Old Fashioned On Purpose. It's coming out September 26, 2023. And it's kind of, um, a lot of the stuff we talked about today, consumerism and kid, well, what's happening with kids in our modern culture and how can we take some of these vintage ideas and bring them into our modern life kind of covers all that territory. So um, I'm excited. It, it has a few how-to pieces. It has some ideas, practical stuff, but more, more than that, it's just helping people think differently, think bigger, think outside of the box. So there's that. Um, I have my old blog that's still going from 2010 and we still are putting stuff up there. It's theprairiehomestead.com. Um we have a little restaurant here in Southeast Wyoming if everyone's in the area ever. It's called the Chugwater Soda Fountain. So yeah, lots of irons in the fire, but it keeps us out of trouble, I suppose. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, that's so amazing. Well, I'm excited um, for your book. It comes out in September. Is it on pre-sale right now or just? We it have to- is.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's you can do pre-order. We have a bunch of bonuses. So pre-orders, are, I don't know if anyone is familiar. It, you know, pre-orders are a big deal for authors. It really helps the book if we get a lot of pre-orders. So we've put together some pretty awesome bonuses, sourdough guides and home dairy helpers and um, wall art you can print off for anyone who pre-orders. So if they go to oldfashionedbook.com, they can get all those bonuses.
1: Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. So people have a quick click. If you guys want to pre-order the book, um, I'm definitely going to go check that out. That sounds so amazing. And this conversation has felt like I can literally feel my 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 body, Like my heart wants to soar. It feels so good. Um. Thank you so much for taking the time to share all of this goodness with us today.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. This was so fun to chat. I think we have a lot in common.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, have a yeah. great day. Um. And yeah, I can't wait for the book to come out. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, thank you. Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love until next time.